podcast land. You're such a dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 81. Today's program is going to be featuring my interview with UFC Bantamweight, Sweet Generis, Jesse Strader, or if you said it with a French accent, it would be something like Sweet Generis. Jesse Strader, who is, is super great to talk to. He's a really exciting fighter. I hope you guys, if you don't already, you get to know him better. Very, very cool interview, so I hope you guys stick around for that. Our schedule for this week will be as follows. I will have my recaps of the co-main and main events from both Bellator 261 and from the PFL from Friday night. The Vasily Lomachenko versus Masayoshi Nakatani lightweight boxing match from last night as well. Of course, our full UFC Vegas 30 breakdown. Dre is world famous drop of the night. A little bit of Q&A with some members of the Rhino gang. Gang, gang. And then, like I said, ahead of his August 21st fight for the UFC, Bantamweight, Sweet Generis, Jesse Strader is the latest fighter to go 10 rounds with Rhino. So, without further ado, let's get our swim chokes and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So, on Friday night, we had Bellator 261. Our co-main event was longtime veteran Liz Carmouche versus the undefeated Kana Watanabe. This one, we didn't have to wait for long for this one, right? Liz Carmouche, who's not really known as being some sort of knockout artist right she's more of a grappler and a a ground and pound kind of practitioner but man she came right across the cage hurt kind of with a straight right put kind of against the cage kept the punches flowing really hurt watanabe again stopped the fight i think it was it was inside of a minute for sure dude incredible win for liz carmouche moving into the uh main event of the bellator 261 card we had the heavyweight interim heavyweight title fight we had tim johnson versus Valentin Moldovsky. This one was not the most excited fight in the world. <laughs> I mean, it had its spots, but it was a pretty slow-paced fight. So Valentin got the unanimous decision after five to win the interim belt for Bellator. Moving into the PFL regular season six, the co-main event was Anthony Showtime Pettis versus Roush Manfio. Anthony Pettis, man, what what has happened, dude? He, he, you know, he, he, he had his moments too, but he seemed to be standing and waiting an awful lot, and Roush was doing a good job uh, throughout this fight. This one actually came down to a very close split decision for Roush Manfio. So I know a lot of us kind of thought that Anthony Pettis was going to go over to the PFL and kind of be a world beater and, you know, be be the number one guy for that million-dollar prize at the end of the playoffs. Not, not going to happen. You know, Roush got the win by split decision over Anthony. Anthony's lost both. Of his fight, so yeah, rough go. Um, moving into and I'll do this quickly. Moving into the main event, Kayla Harrison versus Sydney Dan Dan Wee uh, again. Uh, first round submission at 444 arm bar for Kayla Harrison uh, again. Ugh. All right, let's move. <laughs> let's move into the Vasali Lomachenko versus Masayoshi Nakatani. This one was fun, dude. Vasily, you know, Lomachenko coming off of uh, his loss to Tiafimo Lopez. Um, you know, it's the first time not seeing him fight for a belt in a long time, which is weird. But Nakatani provided some, you know, on paper, very tall, provided some problems. You know, very tall, very rangy guy. But Lomachenko, or Loma as he's known, was just vintage himself last night, cutting the most crisp, beautiful angles in all of boxing. Did a really good job of getting in and getting out, hitting uh, hitting Masayoshi, Masayoshi with, you know, not ferocious punches, but like hard stinging punches throughout the fight. Finally, 
I believe it was the ninth round. He he finally had enough. He knocked him down, and the ref had seen enough. It was one-way traffic the whole way through. So nice to see Vasily Lomachenko get a, get a big win. And uh, we got a question about him later on in the Rhino Gang Q&A session. So let's go ahead and get into the meat of the matter. As we like to say every week, we've got UFC Vegas 30s full breakdown. We started out with the prelims with Yancey Medeiros, longtime veteran, really fun fighter who I've always enjoyed watching fight versus Demir uh, Hadzovic. This one was clearly Demir in the rounds one and two. He was outlanding Yancey by a lot, really hurting him several times. And then in the third, Yancey was able to take Demir down, kind of control him for the for the majority of the third round. So pretty clear cut. Demir won the first two and then Yancey won the third. So we know how that goes. Unanimous decision for Demir in that one. I hope Yancey's not done. I really enjoy watching him fight. I, again, I, I just, I, he's one of those guys that really always brings it every time, no matter who it is. And he's always dangerous. So shout out to Yancey Medeiros. Moving into the 145 pound division, we had Charles Rosa versus Justin James. This one was... Justin really exploding early, trying to get him out of there. And then Charles Rosa, to me, was pretty much in control for the remainder of the fight. It ended up being a split decision, but I thought it was pretty clear-cut. Charles Rosa with the takedowns, um, yeah, for and with the striking, I thought Rosa clearly won the fight. He did win the the kind of the funny underlying side, so I shouldn't say funny, but the interesting sidebar on this one was that Justin James bet his entire purse on himself, which... Wow, that's that's a uh, that's nothing that's something <laughs> that's not something I would have done ever because you just you never know this game. But uh, I hope he'll be back. I hope Rosa will uh, move a few uh, ticks ahead in the 145 pound division. We'll see what's next for them. Moving into 135 pounds, we had Julia Avila versus Jujilia Stolarienko, and Avila, man, I, the Raging Panda, awesome. Like, they really, they had a beautiful, like, rock'em, sock'em robot exchange early, which was so fun. Got me right engaged into the fight. Uh, Stolarenko had a couple of nice takedowns. And, and, you know, Avila had some nice takedowns, too. And then in the third, Julia takes her back on the ground, gets the RNC, you know, slapped on, gets her to tap out. Really incredible win for Julia Avila. Very cool. She's she's one of those fighters that I just I think a lot of us have an affinity for. She's just very open. She's a, she's emotional and she's a very fun fighter to watch. I was really I was really into it. So good on you, Raging Panda. Plus, who doesn't love that name, Raging Panda? Right? <laughs> Moving into the two hundred five division, we had Ike Hurricane Ike Villanueva, Rhino Gang 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 versus Marcin Procnio. Oh man, this one was rough. So. The first two or three minutes, Ike really took control with his boxing. He hurt Marcin several times, cut, cut his eye open pretty good. But then Marcin started landing these leg kicks, and they were hard, and they were nasty. And they weren't just on the calf. They were on the calf and the knee and the thigh, and it really seemed to compromise Ike's leg. Uh, and then, boy, in the second, a huge body kick to the liver. Knocks, I mean, knocks the wind completely that Ike Villain away, but he went down. And then the referee immediately stopped it, right? So Marcin Procnio got the TKO in the second with the body kick on Ike Villanueva. We still ride with you, Ike Villanueva, homie. You know, we know you'll be back. You had a great first round. Just got caught with a really perfect shot. And Marcin Procnio, kudos to you for a great win. Moving into the 170-pound division, we had Worley Alves versus Jeremiah Wells. Wow, dude. So Jeremiah Wells, I mean, they said he'd had a couple of smaller organization belts, the CES and the CFFC, but 
We didn't know him, right? He was a late replacement. Worley Alves has been around a long time. Wins over Colby Covington. Has had some good wins in the UFC. But, man, Jeremiah Wells was just throwing these huge, wide, hard shots. Had a couple of beautiful takedowns. One was kind of a slam. Uh, He hurt Alves in the second, dropped him, and then cracked him with a few more shots on the ground for the GMP. And that was actually as Worley was, like, turning away, Jeremiah cracked him. But what a win. TKO in the second for Jeremiah Wells. Incredible win on short notice. Really, really cool. Cool, cool for that kid. All right, moving in 170. Well, staying in 170 pounds, we move to Shavkat Rachmanov versus Michelle Pajeras. Early leg kicks for Pajeras was about the only offense he was able to kind of put forth. It was like a, what, like a seven, <laughs> like a seven-inch height and reach advantage or something like that. Uh, but then once, once Shavkat took him down, it was all him uh, in the second you know, Pazayas shoots in, Rachmanov landed some ground and pound that took the back, got the RNC. Beautiful win for the undefeated Rachmanov. This kid has all the upside that you could possibly look for. 170, good size, really talented everywhere. Seems to have the right kind of mental aptitude for everything where he just kind of stays calm, stays in the pocket, stays engaged. I'm really, really looking forward to see what goes on with him next uh, 170 pounds. Moving into, um, I, I'm not sure if these are all in a 100% perfect order, but I think I have Kennedy and Zetchku next versus Delano Marquez. This one was Marquez kind of backpacking Kennedy almost the entire fight, both on the feet and on the ground. And then in the third, like I'm skipping through all the boring, and in the third, Kennedy just ripped off like a 20-punch combination on Danilo's face. The referee stopped it real early in the third. I was so stoked for that one. Really, really cool win for Kennedy. Um, yeah, he just needs to get the ball rolling a little bit faster earlier, but we see what kind of power and what kind of skill he has when he's able to kind of stay on the feet and get going. So really cool win for him. All right, moving into, we'll go to the team more. No, we'll go to Hinato Moicano versus Jai Herbert. Uh, early trip takedown for Moicano, got the full mount. Jai was able to get back to his feet. Hinato took him down again. Then in the second, got another uh, trip takedown, kind of got into side control, then took his back mount RNC. <laughs> Hinato Moicano put on a clinic on the ground. Jai did a decent job on the feet with his jab and trying to move, but man, that was beautiful groundwork for Hinato Moicano. Another RNC for this card and another big win for Moicano at 155 pounds. Moving into Tim Dirty Bird Means versus Nicholas Dalby. This was a firefight early, and then Tim got the takedown. It was all means in round one. Uh, early body shots for the Dirty Birds seemed to hurt Nick quite a bit. Nick was doing a weird breathing thing. I know they talked about it on the broadcast a little bit last night. He was constantly. <laughs> now, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the rhyme or reason is behind that. I'm not sure, but uh, Tim was doing a great job, dude. Uh, Dalby really did hurt him in the third with a straight right hand, rocked him, uh, rocked Tim, and then Tim kind of clinched up afterwards, kind of rode out the rest of the round. Clear-cut unanimous decision for Tim, the Dirty Bird means. So a big win for him in that one. Moving into what was starting out to be a great fight, uh, Andre Touchy-Feely versus Daniel Pineda. Andre was just looking spectacular in the first round. Had, had, I mean, beautiful punches, hit him with a beautiful high kick that really hurt him and opened him up. Pineda was getting out class as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he had a beautiful body shot that hurt Pineda. And, and then, unfortunately, there was an eye poke. It was unintentional, clearly, but it really did happen. 
Uh, we all saw it on the replay. Pineda wanted to continue, but the the doctor stopped it. So that ended up being a no contest, even though I feel like, I think we all feel like Touchy Feely was definitely on his way to a uh, to a win in that one. So that one was deemed a no contest. Moving into the very fast fight, Timur Valia versus Hani Barsolos. Wow. Super high paced, right? This entire fight was... Timur just constantly moving and throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing, uh, jumping front kicks, punches, leg kicks. Barcelos did a good job. He hurt Timur several times, um, especially with that uppercut. But, you know, it, again, it, Valiev's high pace, his high output was really the difference. And he got the decision in that one at 135 over Hani Barcelos. Moving into our 12th fight of the evening, which would be our co-main event. We had Tanner Bozer versus Ovin St. Prue. Now, I called this one completely wrong, dude. I got full disclosure on this one. I thought OSP was going to come in there, start throwing that beautiful crisp straight left that he has, get Tanner on the ground, take advantage of his aggressiveness, slap on the OSP choke, also known as the Von Flu, and put Tanner out. Not at all the case. OSP looked to be just... Very slow. <laughs> he really had no sense of urgency. Uh, Tanner was doing a great job. Hard leg kicks, punches, getting out of the way of OSP's little bit of, you know, that he tried. OSP got, they sort of clinched up in the second. OSP got on top of a very uh, takedown. It looked like Bozer grabbed the fence and pulled himself up, right? And that's what DC said. That's what it looked like. But Felder, with a very quick eye, saw that it was not a fence grab. It was like a, he like balled up his fist and pressed it. This is Tanner and like pressed it up against the cage to improve his position and get out. Then he dropped OSP with a straight, straight shot, a little bit of ground and pound. The, the fight was TKO in the second for Tanner Bozer. And no, there was no fence grab. We've all seen the other angles, but I can see why DC thought that because in live time, it really did look that way. But no, he that Tanner did nothing wrong. No cheating. No, nothing. It was a clean win. For him, at 100, oh no, at 265 pound weight limit of the heavyweight division over OSP. Speaking of heavyweights, let's get into our main event. This was Alexander Volkov versus Cyril Gan. I, I had this one wrong too. <laughs> Cyril Gan, the I would say the hottest prospect at heavyweight in a really long time, going against the massive veteran Alexander Drago Volkov. I gave Volkov the first round, even though it was pretty close. I thought his he outstruck Cyril a little bit, but literally two, three, four, and five were just Cyril gone, outstriking Volkov. Nothing major, you know, nothing that was fight-ending, just a very technical, crisp, clean display of striking prowess by the young Cyril gone. I shouldn't say young, like, age-wise, but career-wise, very young in his career. Looked fantastic. Volkov, I think he... Needs to be able to step on the step on the gas a little bit, put together more longer combinations, and be able to throw more often. But Cyril did a great job, start to finish. Cyril Gon got the very clear cut unanimous decision in this one. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see what they do with this heavyweight division because it is getting to be slimmer and slimmer towards the top. There, it's going to be time. I don't know. We have a question about this later as well. Is it is it almost time for Cyril and Francis? We're not there yet, but we might be getting there soon. So very much a very fun and cool card. I actually enjoy the early start. So yeah, very, very cool. All right, D Reigns. Go ahead and get our world famous Drea's drop of the night going with our feature play, Drea. Let's go ahead and give her a call. All righty, fight fam. Let's go ahead and get our world famous Drea's drop of the night. Drea, what do you got this week, dude? 
My drop of the night from the UFC is going to be from Procneo versus Villanueva. Uh, just one minute into round two, uh, Marcin had been attacking the leg of Villanueva, making it very hard for him to put any weight on that front leg. And then Marcin switches stances, switches to southpaw, and throws this brutal body kick to the liver, dropping Villanueva and shutting him down. So, uh my drop of the night is going to go to Marcin uh, Prakna. Full disclosure, Dre and I were full on arguing about this before <laughs> we, we decided to record because Ike was on the show. I love Ike. I didn't want it to be him, so but I understand I. why. It was a, it was so a, it was a beautiful drop, and I completely understand. I just, I always fight against anybody who we ever had on the show. I know. Being nothing a, against being Ike, yes, nothing against <laughs> Ike. I love him too, but. <laughs> All right. Well, big shout out to Procneo for doing that incredible body kick, which put Ike down. So, Drea, since we do not have picks for, how did you pick last night? My picks were meh. I started out pretty hot, and then I only finished up like seven and five. It should have been eight and five because we know Feely was on his way. But I finished up seven and five. How'd your picks do yesterday? Yeah, I think. Well, I didn't pick the whole card. I've been really being a complete uh, casual. Casual. <laughs> yeah, I only picked the main card, and oh my gosh, if I remember correctly, I think I only got three correct. Okay. So neither of us picked particularly well last night, but we are off for having to pick for next week because there is no card you have your UFC card next week. Let's right. go ahead and get into our Twitter questions. I know. Our oh, and I promise from. I will do I will do full card pick for the um, Corey versus. Oh, oh yeah, well no, no question about that. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, let's go ahead and get to our Twitter questions. Our girl, the Scream Queen Supreme, Jess, with her triumphant return to the show. Scream Queen Supreme, what do you got this week, my friend? With two eye pokes tonight, why hasn't Dana addressed it? There's a few glove designs. Which one, uh, excuse me, which is the one that you favor? So sometimes I wonder if Dana has the mindset of just keep ignoring it and it'll go away, right? Like, I really think sometimes <laughs> he just doesn't care about this particular aspect of the thing. So it's not going to end, right? It's going to keep on happening, and hopefully it doesn't happen in, like, a like another example of a main event or, like, a really critical fight. But even any other fight, it shouldn't be happening as often as it does. I'd really like to see them looking into adjusting the gloves to a more pride-esque version or supposedly trevor whitman the coach in colorado longtime veteran coach supposedly he has a glove design that's really meant to minimize the eye pokes also so if if, if there's also you got to remember too it's not just the gloves there's the aspect of fighters have got to be more disciplined about not extending their fingers because that's what ends up happening far too often right it doesn't matter mm -hmm. what kind of glove they're wearing if they're poking their fingers straight forward that's going to happen so there has to be more of an accountability in that regard, right? Like where you, maybe you get one warning and if you extend your fingers again, like it's a point. Like, the, you know, it has to be that serious in order for people not to do it. And I know in the heat of battle, things are going to happen. So obviously a glove design, it would be very helpful, but it's also going to be a glove design plus making it very strict and stringent with the rule set of you cannot extend your fingers forward in order to minimize these things. So yeah, I hope it's a combination of both. I don't know if we're ever going to see it. I really hope we do because who wants to see a fight that's really going great, get stopped by an eye poke. Nobody, right. Plus it really puts it, 
you know, it could really injure somebody and it could end their career, right? So we really, this is, a, this is a problem that needs to be addressed, even though Dana clearly doesn't want to address it. So thank you very much, our dear friend Scream Queen Supreme. So glad to have you back on the show. We love you. All right, moving into the mainstay of our Twitter question, core group of homies, the Raging Sweet Potato is back. What do you got this week, RSP? His question is short and sweet this week. Uh, KO'd by a head kick or floored by a liver kick? Which would you prefer? Neither. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a choice, so I'm, <laughs> Yeah, right. If I, if I had a choice, I'm saying none of the above. Uh, so I've been dropped by a liver shot before in training. I'm never in a fight, but I've been dropped by a liver shot in training. It is a horrible feeling. It feels like electricity just shot through your body. Um, it, 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 you almost shut down. It's really, it's almost like mm-hmm. an off switch, but with pain involved. Now I will say this about five minutes later, I felt okay. Right. I've never been head kicked, dude. <laughs> I don't want to be, but I can only imagine. It's no fun. The, right. <laughs> I can only imagine the recovery time and the pain are probably longer and higher with a leg kick or a head kick to the fucking dome than a body shot to the liver. So I'm going to, if I have to pick one of the two, I'm going to go with the liver shot. Cause like I said, I at least have some experience in it. Now that was a punch. A kick would be harder and there'd be more surface area hitting you in the body. So it'd be worse. I'm sure. But again, I'm going to go with the thing I have at least a little bit of experience with, and I'm taking the liver shot all day long. <laughs> so thank you very much. You. Yeah, right? So thank you very much, RSP. I know our third group is our girl, APB. APB, what do you got this week, my friend? My all-time favorite fighter and the sexiest man on the planet, Carlos Condit, is fighting soon. What do you think he needs to do to get the win, and what would you like to see him do next after he wins? Personally, I'd love a Robbie Lawler rematch. That's one of my favorite fights ever. Yeah, dude, I love the Natural Born Killer, too. I, I really became a fan of him way back in the WEC days. God, I miss the blue cage. From that. <laughs> <laughs> I, was such, I was such a WEC stand. But, uh, yeah, Max Griffin is a really good opponent, and he's really hard to finish. If you look at his record, dude, yeah, he's got some losses, but he, he hasn't been stopped in at least his last four or five losses that I'm sure of. Um, he is very difficult to get finished. So if I'm uh, Carlos Condit's coach, I'm kind of employing the, you know, the stick and move, right? They stay on the, stay on your bike, stay on the outside. Carlos has beautiful leg kicks and a really crisp jab and the occasional straight right. So if I'm him or I'm part of the, the strategizing for the game plan, stay on the outside, dude. Pick Max Griffin apart. He's got plenty of losses by decision. Stay on the outside. Don't engage into a firefight. And I think that's his best path to victory over the much younger uh, fighter in Max Payne Griffin. So that that'd be my advice for him in that one. Uh, I'd also very much like to see him win. And should he get by Max, of course, another Robbie Lawler fight. You know, of course, it would be cool. I, I'm really a big fan of both those guys for a really long time. My my concern would be that they could they could never live up to their last one, right? It was mm-hmm. such a barn burn. I mean, top top 15 all-time greatest fights in the history of mixed martial arts. I think they would both feel maybe the pressure to try to do that again. I'm not sure. They're both really cagey, wily veterans, right? So that would definitely be cool. I would love to watch it. That would just be my concern with that. Here's the thing. This is a little bit out of left field, but... We all know that Carlos and Nick Diaz fought. Now, Mm -hmm. Nate Diaz Diaz is now one in three, I believe, in his last four. And Carlos Condit and Nate Diaz, I know Nate usually likes to take the more higher profile fights, but 
there's only so many times that he could kind of play that. I deserve the, you know, the headline losing. on the biggest. Yeah, right. He keeps losing. Mm-hmm. So I think Carlos Condit and Nate Diaz would be a really interesting and fun matchup. So between two guys who have similar records, who are of a similar age. They're both very tall. They're both kind of rangy. They're both, you know, slim. Carlos is a very good, well-rounded fighter. Of course, Nate Diaz is extremely well-rounded. So this would be one of those deals where I think that'd be a really fun fight to make. And I, I think for some reason there is a little bit of a possibility. So yeah, I would love to see, I got, of course, Robbie Lawler too, but yeah, I, I think Nick Diaz, I'm sorry. I think Nate Diaz would be a really good fight. Should that, uh, should, should Carlos get by Max Payne Griffin. So we'll keep our eyes peeled. We'll see what happens next. Thank you so much. APB shout out to mama Sims. You can't be a wuss and have a puss. <laughs> That's never going to get old, and I'm never going to stop no, doing it. That will never uh, go so, away, ever. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a mainstay of the show at this point. Uh, so, Drea, since we don't have picks for next week, you've already knocked out your Twitter questions. You have knocked out your world-famous Drea's Drop of the Night. So your segment is completed for this weekend. So thank you very much for joining us once again, and we look forward to having you on again next week. All right. We'll see you next week. All righty, fight fam. Let's go ahead and get into our voice questions. I know our first one comes from our homie D-Crons. D-Crons, what do you got this week, dude? Hey, what's up, Rhino Bro? That was a fun night of fights. I love when heart picks come through. When a fighter that you just love gets it done, man, that's a good feeling. Raging Panda, <laughs> Tim Dirty Bird Means, and Tanner Bozer made my night. That was wicked fun. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, Cyril and Francis. How do you think that plays out? I know you love the heavyweights, my man. I uh, just wanted to hear your thoughts on how that plays out. And uh, did you catch Tank Davis? I wanted to hear what you think about that and what's next for him, too. I uh, love you guys. Love you all. Rhino gang gang. Yeah, homie. So first off, I didn't watch the Tank Davis fight. I just saw the highlights and read a little write-up on it. I watched uh, the Loma fight after the UFC. But as far as the Gon versus Francis, I would very much like to see that fight eventually. I don't know if Gon is there yet, but when they do, here's how I see it going. I see a, like a very tentative first round for both of them, right? Because they know what kind of power Francis has. I think Cyril would kind of be kind of try to stay away, leg kicks, jabs, and move, kind of testing out, you know, what kind of speed each one was bringing to the table. I think Cyril would outland Francis in the first round. And then maybe a little bit more of that in the like early part of the second. But then at some point in round is number two or three, I think Francis, the Predator and God, who my most favorite fighter on the roster, would catch Cyril on the chin with one of his bombs and put him clean out. Second or third round, clean KO for my man Francis and Ghanu. That's how I see that fight going. I hope it happens at some point, but we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, dude, that's definitely how I see that fight going. D. Kronz, thank you so much for that question, my broski. I appreciate you. All right, I know our next one comes from the big homie, Jim Asu. Jim, what do you got this week? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and Rhino gang. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, sorry for the late question here, just, it was a good night last night, let's just put it that way. Uh, my question for you this week is a two-parter. What do you think is next for, uh, Lomachenko and for Tank? They both looked really good last night, and they're both great fucking boxing matches, too. I really enjoyed them. So, 
hopefully you get to some time but if not it's all good buddy keep up the great work you know we love the podcast you kids know it's always 420 Peace. so next for loma it sounds like it could probably be a rematch with tiafimo lopez the champ dude both parties seem to want to make that happen the first fight was so close. It was really good, really competitive. Plus, that's probably the biggest payday they could both make. So Lopez has a mandatory that he has to fight uh, for his belt. So once he gets through that, it'll be against somebody he'll have no problem with, I'm sure. Um, it'll probably be Loma after that. So I'd say within the next calendar year, we should see Vasily Lomachenko versus Tiafimo Lopez, too. Uh, next for Tank should be someone like Ryan Garcia or Devin Hayes. Right, that's how it should be, but there's a lot of boxing politics and red tape to get through to be able to make either the Garcia or Devin Haney fight happen. So, I don't think we'll see that next. I'm not sure what'll happen with um Tank Davis next, but yeah, it should be Garcia or Haney, and maybe we'll get surprised. Maybe they'll be able to cut through all that baloney and, and make one of those fights happen because that was really what would be fantastic at 135 pounds. So, thank you very much, Jim Suit. All righty, fight fan. Before we get into our interview with Jesse Strader, let's go ahead and get a quick word in from our sponsor. Hey, Rhino Gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at KR Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhino's proud sponsor. Hey, everybody out there in podcast land, my dear fight fam, we've got a brand new guest going 10 rounds with Rhino this week, UFC Bantamweight. Jesse Suijanaris Strader, thank you so much for joining us today, sir. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. Dude, we are super stoked to have you on just uh, a few weeks out from your next UFC scrap. So, Jesse, basically the origin story, dude. Round one is where we like to find out, like, the genesis of it all. Where did Suijanaris get his start in MMA? Ah, uh, man. Um, well... I wrestled in high school, but really I, I started just because I was a fan, man. I, I played sports my whole life, and and then when I saw it on TV, I saw UFC on TV, and I was like, what is this? And then uh, and they had weight classes, and I was like, oh, man, dude, this is something I wanted to do. So once I got to high school, I, I started wrestling because that was something I could start getting good at already and then uh i was gonna start boxing and muay thai and um and some jiu-jitsu after that and that's really how it started man just being a fan and then started in high school wrestling 
Hell yeah, dude. That's fantastic. Uh, I see a lot of wins on your record by stoppage due to punches, dude. I know you're a well-rounded fighter. In, in researching you for this, I've watched a lot of your combate fights. But is it safe to say do you prefer the striking aspect of MMA? I definitely prefer that aspect. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's definitely more exciting. It's definitely uh, like I think the pe- you know what I think I think the fans understand it more. You know, it's easier sure. to understand a very slick move in striking as opposed to on the ground. People don't really understand what you did. So I think as a like the because the fans love it so much, I love it so much. Yeah, well, you're, you're talking to a straight boxer, so I absolutely am on board with that myself, my friend. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Dude. I, I mean, and I love boxing, man. I like that, just like the straight sport of boxing. I love, I love that sport. Yeah, you know, uh, too often they get intertwined or compared to one another. It, it really is apples and oranges. Dude, of course, they're so you know, yeah. yeah, so different. Right, but it's one of those things where it's just unless you know, you don't know. You know what yeah. I mean? Unless you really have watched both with intense eyes and really broke them both down, it's it's hard for uh, people who don't really watch to understand how inc- there's not just nuance difference; it's an incredibly different. So, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, so just yeah, for sure, dude. So your next fight is uh, for the UFC is August twenty first versus. Versus Mana Martinez. Stylistically, what do you like about this fight for you? Man, this one right here, this one's going to be a banger for sure. Like, they're, 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 this one, there's no way this one's not going to be absolutely exciting. This guy, he likes to strike too. He's got a lot of knockouts on his record. I like to do the same. So, uh, I mean, this thing right here has a recipe for uh, for an absolute war. I'm very much looking forward to it, dude. That's kind of my assessment, too, in looking at both of your guys' records. Like I said, I don't know too much about about Mana, but I have uh, I've obviously watched all your fights. So, yeah, this one could be quite the water cooler event to talk about the next day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hoping to, hope you guys have the potential to get that 50K, which I certainly hope you get. Um, so, dude, the majority of your pro fights have been with Combate. How did you end up in that promotion, um, working with Campbell and all those guys? Man, um, I got in that promotion. I I took a last minute fight, so I took a lot. I think it was my yeah, it was my third pro fight. I took a lot. I took a fight on like ten days notice, ten or twelve days notice, and then and uh, and then I got in that. I got a fight. So then that fight just so happened to be a an absolute war, uh, an absolute bloody like uh action-packed war so then they were like oh okay hold on who's this guy <laughs> and yeah. then they offered me a they offered me a contract so that's that's how kind of how that got started and i figured that's how it would be uh for the ufc like everything is gonna be uh last minute short notice and then you just gotta show out you know what i mean so <clears throat> that's that's how mma is man you gotta be ready all the time Steal the opportunity when it's presented in front of you. I can completely understand that, dude. So I had to look up what sui generis meant, um, <laughs> you know, because I, I wasn't sure. But it, it, the, the definition on it is unique. Like, how did, how and where did you get that nickname, dude? Man, I, I, I stumbled upon it. I think I was in, like, high school when I saw it. I saw it online or something. 
and i was like man i saw the definition and i don't know i just like because i saw the pronounce i saw how you pronounce it and it's uh sui generis and i was like man i kind of i kind of like how that sounds too and then yeah i saw what it meant and it was like the the definition that it was wrote that on the on what i saw it said like in a class of its own like only one of its kind and i was like yo i like that i like yeah that and then so when <laughs> You know, when it was time to, it was always there, like in the back of my head. But like, I had no, like, what am I gonna start a clothing line or something? I had no <laughs> reason to use, to use this thing. And then they, 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 they were like, "Oh, what's your nickname?" And I was like, "Oh, this is perfect. I need a nickname. Boom, I got one. That's it." And so that's kind of how that went. Uh, dude, that's yeah. I, I like I said, I've interviewed a lot of fighters, and I've watched ten million fights, and I've never seen that as someone's nickname. And uh, so, yeah, that truly is uh, unto its name. It is very unique and badass. Uh, like a ton of other fighters, dude, you didn't have a fight in 2020. That's not ideal for anybody, right, in their pro career. But if any positives came out of it, what would you say they were? Like, did you have some injuries that healed? Or were you able to really shore up some techniques? Kind of what were some of the good things that came out of not having a fight in 2020, if any? Yeah, I guess... Um... I guess some positives for sure was I got signed to my management company, which is amazing. Uh, awesome. Upgrade, upgrade management group. They're like incredible. And um, so that's one thing I, I that happened. And then I was kind of like, um, and then another thing is that I was able to, to get better at that time. So like, I feel like though I wasn't able to show uh, improvement in fights uh, during that year, I was training a lot in, was able to improve and kind of level up my game. Yeah, dude, it's one of those things that nobody has ever really experienced before in the fight game, having the situation that we were all in for over a year. And so, yeah, you got to try to find the positives and the negative. That's for doggone sure, bro. So, I, yeah, I, I totally feel like some people, I, I feel like some people quit. Like, I, I just flat out quit and gave up uh, chasing it. So I think that's kind of interesting, too. Well, yeah, it's one of those deals where you can't put yourself in anybody else's shoes, but we know, I know I, I wouldn't have quit. I'm, I'm Obviously, you didn't either, and there's a lot of people kind of shows who's really got the passion and the drive for it, right? When you get yeah. thrown a when you get thrown a curveball like that, what you make out of it. And uh yeah, dude, we're we're I'm I'm certainly convinced that we're gonna see what happens on August twenty first, what's uh what's been cooking with Greece over there and uh in California for you, dude. So a hundred percent. Yeah, for sure, dude. So, uh, away from the fight world, what are some things that just Jesse Strader likes to do away from the cage? Like, I know I did see a post about you skydiving recently on IG, but like, yeah. what are some things like away from the cage that you like to do just to kind of, uh, enjoy life, man. I, I was just going to mention that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, man, pretty much I'm like, uh, I'm a, I'm a super active guy. I don't like being inside too long. And, uh, so like, uh, I'm super outdoors, you know, whatever it is, like extreme stuff. Like, you know, I went skydiving recently and, um, and that, that's one thing like I'm getting into right now. And, uh, <laughs> these guys dude, these guys are crazy, man. They were, I, I took this like four or five hour class in the morning and because it was my very first jump and I and my buddy, he skydives and he was like, hey, man, you should get your AFF. And I was like, I don't know what that is. But <laughs> and then uh, so basically come to find out it's it's when you jump out by yourself. <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK, I'm the first one. All right. Yeah, shoot. I'm down. 
So I took this class and uh, and I'm like, man, I'm really going to do this. They're really going to let me jump out of an airplane by myself on the first one. Dude, I was like, I didn't know they do this. <laughs> I didn't uh, know they did that either. What the fuck? I, I, honestly, I didn't know, man. <laughs> it, it was it was. So I so I guess the winds were just a little too strong, so I had to go tandem for the first one. But as I'm jumping out with this guy, I'm jumping out of the plane with this guy on my back, and and I'm thinking, man, these guys were gonna let me do this by myself. <laughs> I go, these guys are crazy. But no, I loved it. It was amazing. It was incredible. So like <clears throat> anything that kind of makes me. Anything like that, man. Anything crazy, anything slightly crazy but fun. I'm, I'm all, I'm all for. Anything that gets that adrenaline going, dude. I fucking yeah. feel you on that, bro. So, yeah. yeah, Jesse, you are in literally what we. It is debated, but I'm a firm believer that 135 and 145 are the two toughest divisions right now in the world of MMA. Not just in the UFC, but just across the board. So, in this division. You have to set yourself apart. You have to be kind of unique, just like your nickname suggests. There are things about you that have to stand out. What would you say in your fight style or otherwise makes you stand out from this otherwise very, very deep field of bantamweights? Man, what makes me stand out? Well, I think what I think one thing that makes me stand out is I do have power in both hands. For sure. So, so that's one thing, but there's also a few guys with power in both hands in the division too. And then I would say, you know, another thing is just that I'm so in love with, with every aspect of the game that like, I, I, I thoroughly feel like I'm, I'm uh well-rounded, like every single thing, every single aspect of my game, I feel is, is, uh, is very good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another thing is like, I, I really don't have a, I don't say like I have a like one week spot. Like I'm I'm really not. Like I got I've been caught before, but you know, that you can chalk up to, you know, everyone lands a, a exactly like, everyone land everyone's gonna land a punch in a fight, you know. Like right. if, if I if I don't get hit in a fight, I'm gonna be surprised. You know what right. I'm saying? Like right, especially this level. So I think what separates me is just, you know, my heart, my my power in both hands and, and, and my my ability to to uh you know, take it anywhere. Awesome, dude. So now this is the ninth round. This is the one that most people find the most enjoyable. So you've already cut weight. You've already gone through camp. You've already had your fight. You've already won. You're at the, you're at the end of the night. You got your friends, you got your family, you got your lady, you got everybody with you. You guys are going out to eat. What are you getting to eat and where are you getting it from, dude? Oh man, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it, it, it always like it, that, that day like that night when it's when it's over and and and, um you're going out to eat with everybody uh it always changes i always get like a craving last minute but um if i had to say like a few things i think i'm gonna go i think just like classic pizza and some buffalo wings that's a bomb one or 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 another one is like a bomb carne asada burrito oh fuck yeah Yeah, dude yeah like like (laughs) i like some like and it changes you know so i don't really know but it's usually something like that so i'll tell you the top three are our wings and beer burgers and beer and then pizza and beer those are the top three that most of the fighters say but that but a carne asada burrito might slap just right after a god dang fight dude that sounds really awesome (laughs) i'm telling you 
And like out here in California, man, they get down on the burritos. So it's oh. like it, it's it, it's incredible. Yeah, dude. Here in Detroit, we've got um we've got an area that really does specialize in Mexican food, and there's some pretty top tier stuff. I will say this: I need to try before I'll say anything. I'll need to try both Texas and California stuff because I hear and I watch a lot of the food stuff on TV and I can just see all that stuff looks amazing out there. Oh, so I'm dude. definitely I'm definitely down to get out there and try it out. So, yeah. Jesse, we have careened our way into the 10th round. This is where we have you share your social media with everybody so we can all follow you, keep tabs on you and your career moving forward. So hit us with all the social medias you got so we can uh, we can keep track of uh, Sui Generis on his way through his uh, rest of your career. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. So you can follow me on Instagram. It's just Jesse Strader one three five, and uh, that that's same for Twitter. So uh, Instagram and Twitter is just Jesse Strader, and then my weight class one three five, and then um, man, I'm on Facebook too. It's just Jesse Strader, and um, man, uh, oh yeah, I'm on TikTok too. Jesse Strader one three five. So everything is just Jesse Strader one three five. Badass. We've got IG, we've got Twitter, we got TikTok, we got just your name for Facebook, and everything else is Jesse Trader135. So Fight Fam, Rhino Gang, let's all keep tabs on Jesse moving forward. Jesse, I cannot tell you how much we appreciate you coming on the show today. We really look forward to watching your fight uh, at the end of August, August 21st, versus Mana Martinez, and we are super stoked for you, dude. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. This is Jesse Swigenera Strader, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Man, that was very cool to get to know Jesse Strader, dude. I, had, You know what? I had heard about him because he had a really fantastic fight uh, in Combate that made a lot of waves. It was one of those really amazing uh, fights. So I, he was on my radar, and I knew he was in the UFC. He's only had one fight, but his next fight in August, I really think we're going to see the best out of him. I know he's training his ass off, and I really look forward to uh, seeing what's next for Jesse uh, in his fight in August. So very, very cool stuff. Very appreciative that he was came on to the uh, show today. So let's go ahead and give our shout-outs and our outros to our forum contributors. To the Scream Queen Supreme, our girl Jess. To the homie, the Raging Sweet Potato. To our girl, APB. To D. Kranz. To Jim Asun. Thank you guys all so much for writing in questions. Of course, to our girl, Brat, The homie, Cyrus. All the ladies and juice of the PRG. Uh, Mike Morgan and Cairo. So the Shots Fired Pod. Miss Fight Diva. Unmatched MMA. The homie, Marquise from Week Sauce Radio. Of course, all my dear friends in the Rhino Gang, GC, gang, gang. To the future play, Andrea. To the best engineer in the biz, D. Raids. To the Einstein of Gravity Design, Dave Fretz. Another banger of a poster this week, my dude. Check him out on Twitter and Instagram to see the most fire graphic designs you've ever seen in your life. My man, D. Fretz. Be kind this week, everybody. Have a good week in and out of work. You got to take time for self-care. Remember always, Black Lives Matter, and we will see you next week. Gate Side!